0: So we're in the book of Romans. We're in Romans 1. And if you grabbed one of the Bibles on the way in, it's page 937. They're still making their escape. All right, uh, page 937. Otherwise, uh, we have the, we have, can you, whatever Bible you're using, but we also have the words up here on the screen, so you'll be able to follow along. But we're in the book of Romans. This is our third sermon, and uh, we talked already about the gospel of Jesus Christ and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, and now we're going to hit a, a tougher one for the next couple weeks here for, uh, for, the rest of Romans 1, it's really about why the world is such a mess and needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's really what the focus of the rest of this chapter is. And I made this title, What in the World is Going On, Romans 1, 18 through 23 today. I've been getting lots of phone calls from friends, and they're like, Chuck, not from the church, but people from outside the church. What is going on in the world? It's crazy. They can't put it in a box. And I keep trying to put them in a box, put it in a box. I mean, uh, the, the Bible, and I try to keep steering them back to the Bible and what it says and how to figure out what's, what's happening in our world because it's crazy, right? Everything's going crazy. It's hard to believe what is happening to the USA today. We've gone from a downward spiral to a nosedive. Everybody feels it, whether they're Christians or not Christians. People are feeling this. It, it's shocking, right? Really shocking. If you had five years ago, if you had said this was going to be what is happening in our society, you would have considered this a sci-fi horror movie, right? It's, it's just hard to believe. You, know, you wouldn't even thought it was possible. But Romans 1 explains exactly what is happening. It talks about the steps to God's wrath. And there's four different steps. We're just going to hit one of them today. They hit the next three next week. But, it, the, but these are downward steps. These aren't upward steps. These are do- this is the downward escalator, right? And it ex- explains the downward trajectory of human history. It talks about how man is evolving backward. Backward. We're going backwards. Mankind is not advancing to a, a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. <laughs> sorry, Disney, the carousel's going backward, you know, and you're helping with that, you know. It's regressing. It's, it's speeding backward is what we're seeing. That uh, used to be one of my favorite rides when I was talking about. Anywho, uh, no more. Uh, but we're going to see these four steps that the world is taking, and it also applies to individuals. We can apply this to our individual lives or people that we know individually. It applies to churches and denominations, and it applies to countries. So there's really four applications. We're going to touch on them all, but I'm going to to. really focus on the USA today primarily, what's happening in the USA. So put on your seatbelts for step number one. Here we go. Uh, Let's pray first. Father, thank you for the worship. And now as we go into your word, we pray that your Holy Spirit would empower your word. And I pray that if anybody here or is listening has never put their faith in Jesus Christ, that today would be that day. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read the whole passage first of all, and uh, no, I'm just going to, uh, Caroline. I'm just going to start with 18 to 23 today. The steps to God's wrath. I'll read the next three the next week. But here's the first step to God's wrath. Romans 1, verses 18 to 23. And let's read it first of all. I'm going to read it off the screen because my version is a little bit different from this one. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities... His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and human beings and birds and animals and reptiles." So this uh, this is the first step. Step number. No, we're going to do steps two, three, and four next week. They're shorter, but uh, this is the first step, and I call this the spiritual brain freeze, the spiritual brain drain, the the spiritual insanity, losing our minds is what this is really about. The first step, if you look at this, is willful ignorance. It's the suppression of God's truth. Verse 18, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. This is willful. This is willful. And it talks about the wrath of God being revealed from heaven. The wrath of God is being revealed. We're seeing it revealed in this, this first step. The Greek word for, um, uh, for, uh, Revealed from heaven is where we get the word apocalypse from. Apocalypse. Sound familiar? This is apocalypse now. Okay, that's revealed, apocalypse. Apocalypse now, we're living it. We have turned our back on God, and now he's turning his back on us. It's happening worldwide. It's happening in individuals' lives. It's happening in churches' denominations. But specifically, we're going to focus a lot on the USA. He's turning his back on us. This is not end times wrath. This is not the wrath he's talking about. That's the wrath we see in the book of Revelation, okay? But it's leading up to that. That could, we could turn the corner from this wrath to, uh, to, End times wrath, book of Revelation, very, very quickly. Can we see that happen very, very quickly? We're seeing it, right? When this, this is a different wrath, which leads up to the, the end times wrath. This is when God, this wrath that God is talking about here in Romans that's being revealed, apocalypse, apocalypse being revealed to us, is when God abandons man to his own lusts and the effect of sin. It's when we choose to go our own way and God says, okay. Go your own way. And that's what we see. It's it's actually built into the structure of creation itself. It's built into creation. If we deny God, we pay the price. Think of our own lives, right? We pay the price. Think of what we see constantly all around us. We pay the price. If you play with matches, you're going to get earned, right? If you, when I was on the farm, I remember my dad well, I was just a little guy, maybe three or four, and on, it was in the milk house and there was a fan spinning inside of this little cage thing that was helping cool the milk. And, and I remember getting close to it, my dad says, "Don't, don't touch that, you'll get hurt. And I remember I... I, remember, I can't believe I still remember this very well. I stuck my finger in there and it chopped my finger. It was bleeding and, you know, sliced and he's like, what are you doing? I told you to stick your finger in there. I didn't listen, right? And, you know, that's what happens. This is the wrath that God is talking about. Happened to animals too. We had, we had this, uh, machine. I can't remember what it was. Uh, it was part of the, the, the milk cooling system and it was sitting there and it would get warm and it had a belt spinning on it and I can't remember what we called it but anyway it was it had a a belt spinning and it was warm and so in the winter time the cats would come and sit on that and I'd shush them off because I knew it was going to happen they would inevitably get their tail caught in the belt and rip their tails off you see a cat with no tail and they would do that would happen to them and I kept shooing them off they wouldn't listen animals too and the worst the worst I was I'm going to tell this anyway. But anyway, the the worst was that when the cows would would lie down. They'd get up, and there would be this warm spot in the straw under the cows. And the cats like to lay in there. Now they they have other places they could lay. <laughs> my kids were saying no, they're waving no. So, but they they I've got to tell it. But anyway, the the, the I, they would all the cats would all we would have we had like twenty five cats, you know, and it was great. We had I loved my cats and I was, loved them. But they would all like lay together in a big bunch and in the winter. It was really cute how they'd all be piled on top of each other, staying warm because the barn was like don't nah, know. 45 or something and so so but the cats would inevitably one of them would wander over and lay down that warm spot where the cow was lying because they liked the warm spot i would say, no shoo shoo get out of there i'd shush them out and i'd always watch trying to make sure they but inevitably one every one now and then i'd come out in the morning to uh milk the you know get the cows going and we'd get them up and they'd get up and there would be a flat cat they would they would get they'd fall asleep, they'd get comfortable, they were comfortable, they'd fall asleep and the cow would lay back down again and they'd be a flat cat. And it was like heartbreaking, you know, like no, I was but a lot of Christians are like that. You know, we get comfortable, we get warm, we don't wanna face what you know, we we just like we don't wanna face what's coming. We ignore the warning signs and the it's coming at us, you know, it's a meteor coming at us. So so it it's uh it's That's what's happening in our country. It's coming at us. So the wrath of God, again, it says the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against the godlessness and wickedness of men. There's two words here for godlessness and wickedness in the Greek. They basically have the same meaning. But the idea behind it is that the godlessness leads to wickedness. That's what happens. They're totally connected. If we're godless, we're going to be wicked. If a society turns away from God, it's going to turn wicked. Are we seeing the proof of that in the USA today? You look, see these mobs of kids running through cities and doing these crazy things and, and the violence? It's just hard to even imagine, but it's because there's no. they've not been talked about God. I I'll be coaching kids and I'll say oh I'm David and Goliath and they're like who's David and Goliath you know they don't even they don't know anything about God now it's crazy but that's that's the result of it and it says here the wrath of God against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness they're actually suppressing it. We're seeing that daily reality in the United States today, aren't we? With the government and the media and the, the these big corporations and big tech wickedly lying and suppressing truth. You can't even say there are two genders anymore without being attacked and, and canceled. The biblical truth that God made created them male and female female is foundational to the, to the creation he made men and women in his own image and and he made them male and female and and it was a good thing and we they're even turning that on its head and attacking christians for believing that it, they're suppressing the truth by their wickedness and it says here there's no excuse look at verse 19 there's no excuse once what may be known about them I'm sorry, sorry. since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. There is no excuse. Memorize that verse 20 there, because that's a powerful verse there. I'm going to hit it just again in here in a minute. But memorize that verse 20. Memorize it where it says, let's go back to verse 20 again. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse, Memorize that. Do you want to see God? Look at what he has created. Look at nature. Look at men and women that are made in his image. You can see God. We we can see the invisible God, it says here. We can see his power by nature, by what he's made. It's like the wind. You can't see the wind, but you see what it's doing so you know there's wind. Nobody denies there's wind, right? You see its effect. If you're out walking through the, the woods and you find a computer lying in the woods, you don't say, oh, look what evolved here. Look what grew here. You, know, you, you don't say that. You say, I wonder who made that. You you know, and uh you know and that it's obvious somebody had to make this, and what is the, a computer compared to the human body just the the, the eyeball you study you know the unbelievable right uh it <clears throat> I wish Ron Rohrbach was still here he's in heaven now, but he used to talk to me about all this, you know he was a a doctor in uh uh uh, physics, physics. He was physics, and but or chemistry, one of them. Anyway, I did bad in both of them in school. But anyway, the uh, he he would talk to me about how the, the vast majority of the universe is invisible. It's dark matter, and you but you know it's there because of the effect it has on what you can see. And he said, vast majority of the universe everywhere is dark matter you just can't see it but it, we know what it's doing to everything else and and he used to talk to me about that a lot and and it's so true that that's how we know there is there's no way we can't know there's a god only if we suppress the truth in psalm 19 in psalm 19 verse 1 it says the heavens declare the glory of god the skies proclaim the work of his hands day after day they display uh, day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech or language. They know use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. And I'll stop there. Look what it says there. God's voice, God's word is preached constantly. And Paul uses that. We're going to see that in Romans 10 when we get there. It's constantly in the day you see the sun. At night you see the moon and the stars. It's constantly saying there is a God. There is a God. There is a God. Constantly. Day and night. It's impossible. People say, well, what about the person? Everybody can hear God preaching through his word. There is a God, and if they truly seek him, they will find him. That's a promise in Scripture. You will seek me and find me when you seek from me with all your heart. If someone is out there really wants to find God, hear the preaching of the, of the stars and the moon and the sun, they will turn, God will make sure they find him. He will make sure of that. The whole world knew this. The whole world knows that now, but deliberately ignored and deliberately forgot about the one true God. Verse 21 to 23, uh, Romans 1 21 to 23 says this For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and, and worshiped and, uh, and exchanged. I'm sorry. Became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. That's what has happened. The willful ignorance led to idolatry. That's where it leads to. The willful ignorance leads to Idolatry, the intellectual slide, the mental mind slide led to a spiritual cliff. That's where it led to. Verse 21, for although they knew God, they needed to glorify him as God, but their thinking became... Uh, I'm, I'm doing a different... Okay. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. That is what has happened. Their thinking became futile. They lost their minds spiritually. Their hearts were darkened. See what it's saying? The the hearts were darkened. The heart, the heart and the mind are connected, completely connected spiritually. In fact, in Ephesians 4 verse 17, look at what it says here. So I tell you this and insist on in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do and the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts, having lost all sensitivity. They have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Boy, does that sound like what we're living today, right? They're connected. Look at the results. Dark minds plus dark hearts equals... Impurity, Dark minds plus dark hearts equal impurity. And we're going to focus on that next week. That's steps two, three, and four. All right? So that's what the intellectual slide leads to a moral cliff. Uh, verse 22, then it says, although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. The Greek word for fools there is morano. morano. <laughs> Sound familiar? Morano. It's no accident that so many intellectuals are atheists. The Bible predicts it. They claim to be wise and they're fools. Uh, They they, they think they're smart. There's no God, but they still think they're smart. They don't believe in God, but they're still smart. That's what they think. But that's impossible, isn't it? Because Proverbs 9.10 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You cannot have any wisdom without understanding God and fearing Him. It, it, it's, a, it's a lie. Proverbs 14.1 says that very thing. He says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The fool. If you don't believe in God, you're a fool. The word fool here actually means the morally deficient person says in their heart there is no God. The morally deficient person is a fool. It is a moron. They think they can do whatever they want, and there's no God that will hold them accountable. But that's why the USA is so bad. That's why there's so many morons, because there's, there's, we don't believe in God anymore, right? There's no God. There's no God, so there's no right and wrong, and that's what we're seeing, which then leads to the ultimate stupidity in verse 23, the ultimate spiritual stupidity, Romans 1, 23, and exchange. The glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being, and birds, and animals, and reptiles. This is the final proof. This is the final symptom of spiritual Alzheimer's, and that is idolatry, spiritual dementia. Idolatry. We are seeing r- this rampant in the USA today. Unbelievable. The 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 idolatry. The Eastern religions. You know, as a kid, there's no none of that. Those were idols are. Ever, you see them everywhere. Go down the shops of New Hope. They're everywhere. But also the intellectual idols of of science, ungodly science. True science is Christian. The Christians started science. There's nothing wrong with science. But it is the atheistic science and humanism. Not to mention the sex and the drugs and the the idolatry of celebrity that we're seeing in our country today so many idols romans 125 hits the hammer uh, the final nail in the coffin where it says it reinforces this very thing where it says they exchanged the truth of god for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who's forever praised amen they serve created things instead of the creator they and they even deny there is a creator right that, that deny there is a creator, that we just somehow evolved. Evolution, right? We just evolved. The, the whole motive for evolution, people are, how did it get started? There was a huge intellectual movement in Europe to try to come up with a system apart from the Bible, uh, an explanation apart from the Bible for where we came from and why we're here. And there was a big movement, but the thing they couldn't do is come up with an origins idea. They had a whole system set in place, a whole godless system set in place, but they needed to come up with a way to figure out how we got here. They couldn't do that. And then Darwin came out with his theory. He just throughout a theory, a theory of evolution, and they jumped on it. They jumped on that. They said, this works, and that's when they grabbed it. The intellectuals of Europe grabbed it, grabbed this theory, and, and now they teach this theory as a fact, a fact that there's no God, that we came from monkeys. We, were, we, were, we, we, we came from monkeys, from created things versus the Creator. Unbelievable. Worldwide, we are seeing this great apostasy, and the USA is also crashing. Has the USA taken this first step? clearly taking this first step, right? We've clearly lost our minds spiritually. Early 1900s, evolution got a a real foothold. Uh, Evolution's monkey replaced God, the creator. 1925, the Scopes monkey trial really sparked things. Uh, God was finally, over time, was removed from the schools. Some of you who are older remember what it was like having Bible readings and prayers in schools. It was no big deal. It was the way it was done. But then in 1962, they removed the bible from the schools and they removed school prayer 1980 they removed the ten commandments and if you look at the result of of what has gone on since 1962 and then in 1980 what has gone on in the schools uh, you know the, the, the 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 drug use and the sexual sin and and the the effects of of removing god it's shocking the statistics Anybody should be able to see what's going on. Now we look at the demonic result that each generation is more lost than the than, than next. It's just unbelievable. And now, that, and now that the history books that we use in schools have been rewritten. I remember as a kid it was always the, the, the USSR rewrote history. They would actually delete picture somebody out of a picture and they would rewrite their history and they removed all these things and we say, oh, they're so bad. We've done the same thing now. We've removed God, Jesus. We've removed our, our spiritual heritage. That Christianity was the anchor of the United States. The, the founding fathers said, there's no way this works unless we're Christian. It can't work. It's going it's to fail. They openly said that. We must stay a Christian moral nation or this system cannot make it. It will fall apart, and that's exactly, they said this, and it's exactly what we're seeing today. It's unbelievable. They've, removed, they've rewritten their history books. Teachers now, they, they get fired. If they're, if they're caught sharing the Bible with students, they get fired, left and right, fired, but they can tell them how to, you know, you know mutilate their bodies, you know. They, they're told that they can tell them that, but they can't tell them this. It, it's crazy. It's crazy. Atheism, agnosticism, the nuns, nuns means no religion, no nothing, are skyrocketing at an all-time high in our country. But the void, what are we filling that void with? The kids are filling it with, kids, adults, everybody is filling that void with, with drugs. Because people are desperate to fill a goal, God hole in their soul. We all have a God hole in our soul. We are created with that. And only Jesus can fill it. Only the Holy Spirit can fill that hole. But if we reject Him... Then we are left with a gaping wound in our soul, and and look what people use: the drugs, and the drinking, and every, and everything imaginable. Mushrooms, you know, you know, got football players saying oh, how to use these hallucinogenic mushrooms. You know, it's crazy what what people are trying to do. And depression has become a tsunami. The mental health crisis. Now, we all struggle. We all we're human beings. We're going to struggle, but but it's become a tsunami in our country and and we not saying a Christian can't struggle we, we have our battles but we have Christ and we got a lot you know each other and all that but but the people without Christ they have nothing and there's a, it's just unbelievable the, the depression and the mental health crisis because people's minds and hearts are darkened there's no way around it and the reason the church the, the reason the country has lost its mind is because the church has lost its way. Has lost its way. It's taken step one also. I said I'll apply it to churches too. The church has taken the same step. 1900s. Higher criticism undermine God's word starting around 1900 onward is higher criticism. And they just ripped the word, ripped the Bible's word apart. Church denominations decided that the Bible was no longer inspired. It wasn't inerrant. It wasn't infallible. That's what it taught. Inspired means that the Holy Spirit actually moved through human writers to, to bring out God's word. Second uh, Timothy three sixteen. all scripture is God breathed. But the, the church be, churches began to reject it. Denominations began to reject it. Also, inerrant. Inerrant means no mistakes, no errors. But churches rejected that also. Infallible. Infallibility of the Scriptures, that it can't fail, that it's never wrong. And churches began to reject it. We take it seriously, but we don't think it's ine- ine- uh, infallible. That's, what they, that's how they sell it. Yeah. We take it seriously, but it's not inerrant. It's not inspired. And, and the church in the USA, today has traded the power of the gospel for the social gospel and it's also trading now it's trading biblical justice i'm sorry it's trading biblical. yeah it's trading let me start that over the church in america traded the power of the gospel of jesus christ for the social gospel and now it's trading biblical justice for social justice which is counterfeit completely counterfeit only six percent of americans have a biblical world view only 6% really believe the Bible and they, they, everything goes through God's word. A biblical worldview. And it gets worse as generations get younger. It gets worse and worse. Pastors, pastors, only one-third of pastors have a biblical worldview. One-third, according to the latest studies. No, no wonder, you know, no wonder we have this problem. And the ones who do, and this is the really bad part, out of the one-third who do have a biblical worldview, most of them do not connect the dots. They don't connect the dots that you're hearing this morning. They don't because they don't want to upset people. They don't want to lose people. They don't want to lose money. They don't want to they don't wanna you know hurt people's feelings. They don't connect the dots. And so their people don't have biblical worldviews. Even though they believe it, they aren't teaching it. They're not helping people understand what it means for their, their lives. It's, it's heartbreaking. No wonder so many, many people have lost their faith. No wonder so many people who are Christians not too long ago have left the faith because the shepherds have been unfaithful in the pulpits. And I told people to their face that. I lost a lot of friends. I tell them you're unfaithful in the pulpit if this is what you're creating in your church. And then they desperately need to hear the truth preached. And this is why because they're constantly bombarded by lies. When you leave here, you are bombarded by lies constantly by the media, by society's pressure, by your teachers, by your friends, everywhere. Right? You're just bombarded, and, and somehow we as pastors have to offset that. We have to we have to preach the truth and t- teach you to to how to to fight that. And then so many go to colleges and and they lose their faith. How many of us have prodigals? We all. I, I think every family of us have a prodigal, right? Or at least one. If not more, right? Lots of prodigals. It's tough, isn't it? It's tough because they they our kids are bombarded constantly. They go to college and they're taken captive. Colossians two eight says this. Paul says, "See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elementary, elemental spiritual forces of this world." rather than on Christ. But that is what is happening. You know, they, they, they go to these colleges, and they're bombarded, and they question their faith, and then they, lose, they question the Bible, then they lose their faith. It, it's heartbreaking. As parents, we're, we're constantly fighting that. It's vital that we learn how to do what 2 Corinthians ten three to 5 talks about. And 2 Corinthians ten three to 5 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of, this, of the world, On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Now, here we go. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That is what we have to learn to do, to take everything, every thought, captive and make it obedient to christ every thought that hits our head every thing that we hear in our schools everything that we hear at work everything that we see in a tv show we we make it go through god's word it has to filter through god's word and we have to learn to use our bibles to fight with we have to use them to witness with don't use human arguments use god's word don't don't you know Rustle wrestle with people, you know, with, with, you know, political things. Use God's word. It, it, we have to learn to answer the hard questions, right? How many of you are here on the street say like, these hard questions? We have to learn how to prepare our teens, our kids, and our teenagers how to fight. We have to battle. Oh, man, do we have to battle, it's tough because they're constantly getting bombarded, and and as parents, we're walking that type, right? We don't want to push too hard, but we don't want to let them, you know, go the other way. It's a hard, hard battle, but we have to learn how to do that. And uh, I got a couple of swords here. Uh, I look, I look for every chance to bring them, as you know. But but in in Hebrews four twelve, it says this. In Hebrews four twelve, it says, "For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double." edged sword it penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart the word of god is living and active sharper than any double-edged sword we have to learn to use the bible we have to to know it i got this two-edged sword in my office you probably see that in my different videos and stuff but but it but we also have to use the bible god's word is is our sword we have to learn to 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 we have to know it I encourage people to memorize. Even if you memorize one verse a week, that's awesome. Memorize it and, and use it. When you're talking to someone, use God's Word. Quote God's Word. There's nothing more powerful than you can do. I use John three sixteen with people all the time and all kinds of verses. Use God's Word when you're discussing something with them. When, if you're discussing whatever it is, quote God's Word. Thou shalt not kill Connect the dots, right? Yeah. Use God's word, and and also in the, uh here we go. Also in Ephesians six seventeen, in Ephesians six seventeen, it says this. It says, "Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God." The word there for uh, sword here is a different word. It's not the double edged sword. It actually means a dagger. A dagger. My kids took my crusader dagger, but I I found this one. Anyway, it's the dagger. And what it was is the Roman soldiers had the the dagger in the belt. And when they finally got hand-to-hand combat, the, the formations falling apart. They had a dagger in the belt. And they would grab their enemy and they would thrust it up into them. That was their last line of defense. And that is what this is our last line of defense is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. The Word of God. We have to we have to we have to learn to 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 Fight with us for our own struggles and temptations and, and, and attacks that we experience and trials, right? But also to witness to others, help others break free of the lies that they're fighting in. When, I, when the kids were small, I had a game. They all had their little plastic swords or, you know, pl- you know rubber swords. And, and, and I played this game. I was the devil and I had a big, heavy sword. And they had all their little swords. And I would fight and I would say, okay, I'm the devil and I want you to do such and such. And, and, and they had to fight me. Fight me and they had to they they would they would try to fight with the swords i whack them whack them whack them and I was, ouch i'm oh, telling mom yeah yeah uh, yeah but i said no you have to quote the verse and use your sword and they because i was teaching the bible verses so i would pick things that i knew they knew and they had to quote the verse i can do everything through christ who gives me strength they fight back again. and i was, ah, and then let them beat me up they all yeah wham 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 yeah but but if they didn't I made them hurt. But if they, got, if they used the Bible verse and their little sword, I let them really have at me, you know. And, and they thought it was a game, but it was no game. I was teaching them something. I was preparing them for battles. And, and I hope I'm preparing you for those same battles. We are in a spiritual battle. The USA has clearly lost its mind Step number one, right? Steps number two to four next week. But 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 today I want to are even worse. But we are still where as bad as it's going to get. We are called to fight as Christians. We're called to fight, not not the people who have lost their minds. See, a lot of times we think, oh, that that person who's rioting or this person who's attacking and this person who's you know cursing and you know that that's not who we're called to fight. They they're just prisoners of war. They're just the walking dead. You know what I'm talking about? They're just spiritual zombies. But our fight is against the demonic forces that are controlling them. That's that's who we are fighting against. We have to remember that. We have to remember that. Ephesians 6.10 says this, and our goal is to free people from them. That's our job. That's our goal. This last week was Holocaust Survivor Remembrance Day. It was this last week, and uh, and, and and it reminds me of what we're talking about here. The, with the Holocaust survivors, the ones that were in these concentration camps, they were just completely. It's just mind-boggling what happened to them. It's just wicked, wicked. But they were under the control of these concentration camps and these, these Nazis. And, and that's what we're dealing with. The people that we're talking about, the people who don't know Jesus Christ, they're in concentration camps. They're Holocaust survivors. And, and we have to speak the truth in love to them because guess what? The doors are open. The gates are open. You know, when the when the American soldiers went to these concentration camps, a lot of these Holocaust survivors didn't believe they could go out. A lot of them stayed there, and some of them died in those camps. They just wouldn't leave. They didn't believe they were free. They didn't believe it. They didn't leave some of them. It took a long time to convince them, and that's what we're dealing with. We're talking about people who are in Holocaust camps, and and that's who we're trying to free. We have to speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love to these people. That's what Paul says. Speak the truth in love. Are you free? As we get ready to go to closing prayer, are you free? Maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching this today. And and are you free? Listen, you don't have to face God's wrath. The world's going to wrath. Revelation is coming. But you don't have to face God's wrath. There is a way out now and forever you don't have to face God's wrath here on this earth and you don't have to face it in eternity someday because God has made a way out. John three thirty six says this very thing. He says, whoever believes in the son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the son will not see life for God's wrath remains on him. You don't have to stay under God's wrath. You can believe in the Son, John 3:16, just a few verses before, it says this very thing: "For God so loved the world that He gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let's, let's pray. Are you free? Are you free? living free, or are you under God's wrath? You don't have to stay under his wrath. You can be set free by Jesus Christ today for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You can believe in Jesus. The word means to put your faith in. You can put your faith in Jesus right now. It happens in our heart, but I always encourage people to pray the prayer of faith just to put an exclamation point on it. The prayer of faith in God's word that God, I don't want the sin anymore. I don't want the garbage anymore. I don't want the shame anymore. I repent. I repent. I ask you to forgive me. Because I'm putting my faith in your son Jesus. My faith, my trust, my hope in your son Jesus to forgive me. What he did on the cross, dying for me. What he did through his resurrection. Coming back alive to give me a brand new life. I put my faith in Jesus. If you have prayed that prayer and put your faith in Jesus, you have just spent Set free. Free. In ways you can't even imagine. But you're going to realize them because the power of the Holy Spirit is going to work in your life. I want to encourage you to let somebody know you have a friend or family member here or someone we are out there watching, you have someone at work who's a Christian, tell, tell someone, If you let me know. If you tell me on the way out, send me an email, nhcc at comcast.net, because we'll be excited for you and help you in your new faith in Jesus Christ, growing in your new life. Tell somebody. They're going to be so excited. For those of us who are Christians, how's the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Maybe we've been so discouraged about how bad it's getting, and we're going to see it worse the next three steps, the next three steps next week. But you know what? It doesn't matter. We know what's coming, but we know who's coming. Jesus is coming. And we, in the meantime, can help those concentration camp prisoners of war. Even if they don't believe us, even if they don't listen to us, that initially we keep telling them and keep loving them and keep sharing Jesus Christ. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.